you know, sometimes when you, you, you go traveling, I'm not entirely sure how you travel, how fast you travel. When I, when I go away now, I seem to come away quite tired. And I think these trips are a great example of recuperation. You could argue that maybe I'm traveling in the wrong way. I'm really grateful for this trip, actually, because it completely um, changed the way I, I think about traveling. Because of my brother, actually, one Christmas, he was already working and he bought me flights to go to Marrakesh. I didn't know what to expect. I was, I was buzzing to get away with my brother. If, if you don't take that jump and try something new, you'll not find out if you like it or not. And I think that's the, the, the best part of it. You've just got to try new things until you, you find what you want, although it can seem a little bit monotonous trying something and you find it and you don't like it and then trying something else and you don't like it and but at the end of the day just 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 go for it you know just just take that leap i love to go to the isle of sky because the the landscapes there are breathtaking there is beautiful bird life out there uh, end of august i love to go over to, to elgol where we pick up a boat and they take us on a four-hour boat trip in the past seen dolphins, porpoises, minke whale. Great to get into the Outer Hebrides, which is the, the Outer Western Isles, um, to get into the real um, gems where people may, may not think about going, but you really um, should because it is off the beaten path. Welcome to the Winging It Travel podcast with me, James Hammond. Every Monday, I'll be joined by guests to talk about their travel stories, travel tips, backpacking advice, and so much more. Right now, I'm taking the podcast on the road traveling with me. So tune in every week for short form episodes detailing all my travels alongside my Monday guest episode. Are you a backpacker, gap year student, or simply someone who loves to travel? Then this is the podcast for you, designed to inspire you to travel. There'll be stories to tell, tips to share, and experiences to inspire. Welcome to the show. Let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode where I'm joined by Rob Carr, who is here to talk all about Scotland and his previous travels. Rob runs various tours around Scotland and we'll hear about those and some spots you should definitely check out whilst in Scotland. We'll delve into his history too and where he's from. Rob, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hey James, yeah, I'm feeling great. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Not too bad. Where in the world are you right now? So I'm in uh, Edinburgh in Scotland just now. Okay, is that where you live full time? Yeah, I live here full time. Um, don't really leave it here unless it's on um, a tour or whether it's holiday. Very much home for me now. Edinburgh's great, isn't it? It's one of the best cities in the UK, for sure. Yeah, I, I don't see myself anywhere else. Someone was asking me just the other day, would you move away? And I, I, I really don't think so. Maybe if you give me an option in Switzerland or something like that, maybe I might change my mind. But uh, <laughs> No, this is uh, this is an ideal. Okay, based on that, then let's just say you had to leave Edinburgh. Where would you go in the UK to live? If you had to choose anywhere, in the UK, where would I have to live? I would go to Bristol. Oh, I went okay. there one time, and I just thought that the vibe there was quite different. Yeah, I quite like the the Banksy stuff that was going on, and then as well, remember. My, my half-cousin, he took me up a hill um, and had a really nice look over the city. I just thought it was, oh, it was good, a good atmosphere. It seemed like quite European through the day yeah. um, when it was a bit sunnier. They had seats outside. And you could just get a beer outside and, and just enjoy this atmosphere. 
Um, I'm not sure how it is all year round. Obviously, I was there in the summer. Um, winter months, it might be dull. Um, but yeah, it's something a little bit different than London or, or Birmingham or something like that. I feel for that. I think it's got more reputation recently. I think last 10 years, I think it's a place where people have started to drift to. Um, I don't know your age, but I think it was back in the day, it was like the trip hop capital back in the day in the 90s. Right. Um, that's where like I probably heard of it first, apart from football. So I think, mm-hmm. but now it's a bit of a revival. I think people are going to live there because it seems to be up and coming, if you like. Yeah, yeah. I think um, my, my half cousin was saying as well that um, they do have a, a very good music scene. Um, yeah. And that might be why people are drawn to it too. Yeah, okay. Interesting choice. I like it. Um, we're going to delve into some early travels and where you grew up before we get to your tour company, Rock Car Tours. So, first of all, where did you actually grow up in UK? Although I live in Scotland, and um, people probably hear I'm very much um, English, and I am from a place called um, Morpeth, which is a small town, well, not small, around 10,000 people in the northeast of England, probably closest to, to Newcastle. And it's around 70 minutes on the train from Edinburgh today. Yeah. And is that like north of Newcastle, right? On the coast or is yeah, it more inland? It's, it's um, about 15 minutes drive north of Newcastle, not okay. too far from the coast. So we have yeah. things like um, Durridge Bay nearby or um, not too far from some really nice castles like Dunstanborough. Um, you may also know Annick Castle. Uh, oh, yeah. A lot of people know Annick Castle for... Yeah. Featuring in the, the first Harry Potter movie, where Harry <laughs> Potter learned to fly. Um, yeah, and, and that played a large part in, in my childhood, going up there with a stick and re- pretending to fly around. <laughs> <laughs> and would you say it's quite rural, like where you grew up? Um, yeah, very, very much so. So when I was being brought up, what we would do, we were very passionate for for sport because that would be the only thing that we could really do to keep us busy and um, North East very big for um, football mm. um, and then outside of that well what do you do well if you drive five minutes you're, you're in the fields um, into nature you've got um, Hadrian's Wall not too far from, from Edinburgh which, which, which is obviously really famous. When you said about football I guess you're a Newcastle United fan right? No, 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 don't be tricked by that. Oh. So um, <laughs> I, I got brought up in a school where there were, um, everybody was Newcastle fans. Yeah. However, my, my dad was brought up in Sunderland. Oh. So, um, yeah, we, we we support Sunderland, although my mum will say that she doesn't support e- either of them. But I had a season ticket there from a, a very young age up until... Right. Um, I moved to Scotland, really. That's very who, interesting. Who do you support, James? Ipswich. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 Ah. I, don't know, I don't know how we beat you boys first day this season. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to get into that, are we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go back to where you're growing up. So you're, you're growing up in Morpeth. It's near Newcastle and Edinburgh. Did you flick between those two cities as like a city, I want to say break, but did you visit them on equal measure or was like Scotland a bit later? Yeah, Scotland very much came um, later. 
it only really played a part after I I went to university in in, in Stirling, which is about oh, forty five okay. minutes from Edinburgh. Yeah. And after after university, I studied maths at university, and the classic um, thing through society: if you do maths, you should go into finance or or some sort of data related yeah. um, job. And I was like, well, where's between Stirling, where my friends are at from university, and where's like somewhere in between home where my other friends are at? So mm-hmm. I was like, well, Edinburgh is just perfect for that. And I'd only really been there um, through car to get, get to a table tennis match. And so oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've never really experienced it before. <laughs> so when, when I actually got a job there, I arrived there, I was like, wow, like, why have I been missing this properly from my life? Because I literally, as so many travelers do, I just sort of fell in love with it when I came. Yeah, same. It's just a magical place, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's just so unique in terms of um, the architecture. It sort of mesmerizes you and how, how well kept the, the old town and the new town are. And then right beside it, you've got what Arthur's Seat, which is yep. a hill where you can you can just walk up there and just get out of the way of well busyness but edinburgh isn't really that busy unless you're talking about like july and august so um but yeah to answer your question it very much played a part later in life it was mostly just my hometown of morpeth just in that bubble yeah don't leave um <laughs> although going on little family holidays and excursions from there we didn't really come up to Scotland that often other than maybe one or two trips where were like the places that you would do the family holidays like which areas were those yeah so um we would go down to um Norfolk we would visit um part of our family um close to home yeah exactly (laughs) yeah and we would go over to places like um the 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 lake district which was, was nearby for us um we would go camping um, as well, and so we we didn't we didn't really travel too much, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I I still have on my bucket list to do things um, in the UK, like Stonehenge and the cliffs of Dover and stuff like yeah. that. So um, not not very adventurous um, in 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 those terms. But did those UK trips that you did do? Did they maybe spark any travel? But inside you, like, oh, maybe I like to, like I said, you want to go to other places in UK, but maybe even venture outside of UK. Did it start to like fester then? Do you think? I think one of the trips, one of the trips I did to Scotland, um, I will always remember. Not necessarily inspiring me to to travel, but it sort of gave me that sense of adventure. And mm-hmm. I, I, I actually can't remember the exact location that we came to i remember my dad saying it's in the area of perth um i'm gonna have to go back to him after the podcast today and and ask him the actual hotel (laughs) but we were staying there and my dad um got me and my brother to go on an all-day mountain biking experience which sounds absolutely fantastic but from start (laughs) to finish um as we would say here blowing a hoolie so it was so windy and it was chucking it down with rain and it went on for hours and hours. Our waterproofs, they were no longer waterproof anymore. Yeah. Um, we were just drenched. We were wetter than an otter's pocket. It was 
it was ridiculous. And when we got back to the room where my mum was, we were just shivering. I've never been so cold in my life. And she even like ran the bath warm and you put your foot in and it was it felt so hot because you were yeah. that cold. Yeah. So you had to actually like put it in as cold and then you could get in <laughs> normally. Um but I remember like after the the whole of that finish we 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 get dry, etc. But living that moment, like I really enjoyed that, even though it was so mm. tough. I just enjoyed the invent adventure. And I suppose that's why um I love going places to to hike today. But yes, not in terms of the inspiring me to travel. I think there's another story that would probably um, relate to, to inspiring me to travel, I think. Oh, yeah, we'll come to that in a second. Just want to sure. quickly touch on um, Norfolk, because obviously that's where I'm from. So yeah. how come you're visiting Norfolk? And did you also like the, you know, the, the county has got like, it's kind of known for its coastline, right? And I reckon it probably has the same sort of, I know Norwich is, fairly big compared to Morpeth but the areas around it lots of fields small towns and coastline how did you find that yeah so we, we did that um probably we, we sort of alternated between going down to see um my cousin and, and, and an uncle one year and then the next year we would they would come up to see us okay. we would alternate in that so we're going once every two years until probably around the age of 18 um yeah. probably should really go down and visit them again sometime soon um but what i do remember of it is that it's really nice and green um yeah and there are some really cool um cute houses like thatched roofs mm. um really quite beautiful and i i do remember on my most recent visit going to some nice places had some good beers there i remember playing some pool there as well uh, but I don't actually remember being taken to the the coastline. Probably oh, stayed really? closer to their their home. I think. Yeah, coastline's probably about. Well, it depends which way you go, right? But on average, thirty minutes from Norwich by car. Okay. Um, but yeah, you're right. When you just take some random country road, you probably find like a village with five houses in it. And they're all like yeah, cottage based or got thatched roofs, or it's very like idyllic English country living, if you like. I suppose. Yeah, maybe I don't appreciate that growing up because I've just grew up in the middle of Norwich, so it's a, a city, right? But <laughs> yeah, 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 when you go out to the sticks, it is pretty, uh, it's pretty cool. And North Norfolk is kind of known for its, I think they call it like Chelsea on the Sea, and they've got Burnham Market there and stuff like that, and very historic villages. But it's quite expensive now to to own a place up there because all the people from London buy second homes, right? So it's a right ongoing problem. But if you want to check that area out, if you go to on the edge of Norfolk. There's a place called Hun Stanton, uh, okay. right, right on the border of Lincolnshire. And if you go east from that along the coast, you're going to have some pretty cool coastline, which I've not criminally checked out enough. Um, but that's a pretty cool area of UK to go and check out. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I said earlier, I would love to to get out and explore um, more more of England more. Yeah, same. <laughs> my, my home country. I think it happens yeah. a lot, isn't it? That yeah, yeah. Well, some people realise in in the pandemic that it. Oh well. Because we can't leave the country, let's explore the the, the country which we're in. The yeah. country which I was in was, was Scotland, so I didn't a lot more of that. But um, yeah, time for England. Yeah, I think it's time for UK for me to an extent. Yeah, Scotland yeah. is one. Like Southwest, like Cornwall, Devon down there, like you know near Bristol, as we mentioned earlier, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, some, some of the Welsh valleys, like 
Lake Lake District, yeah. Peak Districts, all the stuff like Yorkshire, I've hardly been to. Sure, yeah. I, I was down in the, the the Peak District recently, actually. Um, to to do um, it was more of a an ultra marathon, but we went down there a day early and we stayed um a couple of days after, and, and that place is is gorgeous too, similar to what we we're seeing with the the beautiful little cottages and mm. um the, the the green landscapes. It just sort of looks like it's from um something you'd see in like a a movie or a a documentary in a way yeah yeah absolutely i think even like the cotswolds are like that as well right <laughs> yeah it's sort of like southwest like east of bristol like that little area i know it's quite a rich area to live in but just walking around those towns like another world yeah so yeah there's, there's so much to see isn't there definitely, definitely so what was the trip that maybe inspired you to kick off the travel inside you what was where was that and how long ago was that so that was probably about 10 9 10 years ago um so i'm really grateful for this trip actually because it completely um changed the way i think about traveling it was because of my brother actually one christmas he was already working and he bought me flights to go to marrakesh in, oh. in morocco and yeah. i was um I didn't know what to expect. I was I was buzzing to get away with my brother, um, but we <laughs> got the flight over, landed. As soon as you get to the airport, you get there. It's absolute chaos. People run in all sorts of directions. You <laughs> get into a cab, and there's not really any lanes on the road. There's yeah. so many motorbikes, so many cars. I'm like wow, this is a bit different to to what I know in Morpeth. But uh, yeah, and then and then we get into. We were staying in the in the old town in one of the souks. So we went to drop off our bags, um, and then went down into the the old town. And the first thing that we did was when we were walking in the old town, there was a guy with a big python. Um, oh, yeah. And he was just putting it on people's backs, and I went, "That looks good. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I like snakes. Get that on my back." And he must have been thinking, "Fantastic, a fresh face." two British guys and he just put it on my back and my brother started getting photos of me and before you know it the guy's going oh give me um give me your money basically and yeah me and my brother were like no 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 you're not taking any of our money then he sort of whistles and before you know it there's like six people that are around us oh. um trying to get money off us and we obviously quite young look yeah. they look pretty scared scary because they were speaking a different language to us and they we ended up giving them like thirty pound. We didn't even have the local currency. We just literally arrived there. Yeah, but that was that was a great like. I thought it was a great entrance to having a culture shock and just being on edge, making it a little bit more exciting. Because yeah. the next day we went and booked um a, a night trip um so two days, one night over to um, the Sahara Desert, yeah. and so went through the Atlas Mountains through. Um, a like a, a desert sort of town made of mud or, or something. Can't really remember the name of it. Um, I'll be keen to go and search that uh, after the um, podcast again, actually. But we, we, we went through there, investigated that, and then ended up going on the camels, walking um, on those into the Sahara Desert, watching the, the sunset. Oh, and it was it was really beautiful, although because it was in January, and that's why the flights were obviously so cheap. It was um it was probably the 
one of the coldest nights I've had um, in mm. my life. But loved when you got the 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 camaraderie, you know, the the the, the storytelling um, that was there, um, sitting around a fire, um, a bit of singing, a, a bit of dancing, and um, the community like vibe that traveling sort of brings. I was expecting just to spend time with my brother, which which we yeah. did spend time and and bond together. But not only that, it opened up a different universe. And I, I wasn't really used to that. My, my parents, um, they would take us on wonderful holidays, but they were very different. You know, you, yeah. you, your classic destination for someone in, in the UK that has a young family, you go to Tenerife over to the beach in a resort, you go over to, to Cyprus or, or to Turkey, and you don't really leave that resort. You jump in the pool, you get all-inclusive you don't really try the local food so much but having this experience of like wow like this different culture and then the, the travel and community I, I just thought it was great and just made me want some more yeah I think everyone goes through that right who is a traveler I think that is a common story but in so many different locations around the world yeah that's pretty cool it's interesting you touched on there about the international trips that parents take their kids on because sure. they go to these, well, not not every parent, right? But some parents, most parents probably would do that. You know, like all inclusive, it's got a beach, all the catering's taken care of, it's got a hotel room. It's almost like you're transporting normal life just one place to another, but it's a bit more sun. It's just yeah. an interesting, because I've never done it. So I, I tried to get my head around what that is actually like. Um, but yeah. even like, even people who are adults, right? They still just do that, don't they? Without kids. It's they quite they, an they do. Thing. And, and, and my, my parents, um i've started to go on more adventurous trips but they always do return to um las americas in in tenerife and yeah. i remember just go, going over to to visit them for a couple of days um and i arrived there and when you got there they had an all english breakfast you know <laughs> um, they, they 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 have an irish <laughs> bar they have a rangers bar you know, you know, you're like, well, I haven't really left yeah. home, as you said. So, um, I mean, I've got a beach right next to me in Edinburgh. I, I, I could do that here. People yeah, say exactly. that the water's cold, but <laughs> I'm sure the water, water's cold in Tenerife as well. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, even Norfolk's got all those beaches, right? I think in the height of summer. Right. What's the point going to Tenerife? Or <laughs> it might be slightly warmer, but that's about it. Yeah, it's an interesting type of travel. I think it's one that I just need to do to get out of the way. And, right. You know, we're thinking about going to Mexico after our road trip here finishes. And I think, oh, you know, just like four days. Do we just do like all-inclusive for four days on a Mexican resort and just see what it's like? I might hate it, but I just need to do it to tick it off and just say, I've done it. You know, sometimes when you, you go traveling, I'm not entirely sure how you travel, how fast you travel. Um, but when I, when I go away now, I seem to come away quite tired. Yes, um, same. And I think I think the these um, trips are a great example of recuperation. Um, yeah. Going there, relaxing, sitting by the pool, taking in the, the vitamin D, um, and then places. I mean, places we would go to. My mum would go away for a, a spa or um, a, a massage or something like that, and mm. and um, yeah. You, I think you do come back more refreshed. Um, but I suppose that you could argue that maybe I'm traveling in the wrong way. 
Yeah, it's an interesting one because we've been at it for two weeks here in September. So today, mm-hmm. as of recording right now, it's like a rest day because we just need it. It's like yeah. one day after another, like walking around like you know all these different cities in America, like oh, we're just knackered. And maybe for people who have like you know normal jobs, should we say, and they have a certain amount of vacation a year or holiday a year, they do just need to have a break and they right. just need to recuperate. Uh, the problem that I have in my mind is I would almost see that as a waste. Yeah. Um, I'd rather recuperate at home, but then you, you are working, aren't you, I suppose? <laughs> so yeah. it's a hard one to get your head around. Yeah, I, I'd probably be a bit like you, where I'm just like on the go, like what's next, what we're doing today, where we're going. But no right answer or wrong answer. No, I, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, not, some people just don't, don't want to live that, that, that different experience. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not for them. And for you, after Morocco, was there a spate of international travel um, that you took on, you know, aside from Aussie, maybe your working life in Aussie UK, but did you go abroad quite a lot after that? So um, I, I waited until I finished university yeah. um, because it was sort of every, every time I finished university, I would always go back to work for my dad, um, who um worked on a, a a grain storage company so farmers would come in with their grain and they would dry it and store it so during the summer months it's harvest period so extremely busy yeah so i always dedicated my time to to helping um that cause and and also um, making money so after i finished university was my first real big trip um, and i went by myself i uh, went for 5 weeks to to asia so went over to um, Japan, um, nice. over to Taiwan, um, Philippines, um, then to Singapore, Malaysia, Cambodia, Thailand. But that that there five weeks in seven countries is definitely oh, quick um, going. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very quick. And I, well, as you can tell, at that point I'd been to Morocco for a very small part of traveling you know a really mm. small insight sorry in, yeah. in, 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 into traveling um but then i thought well well maybe i can travel like that everywhere um, but <laughs> now it has given me this lovely insight of the country but i definitely would would really need to go back um because i didn't really see that much but I, I i tell you what it was it was a great trip and, and i did enjoy going to those countries how did you backpack did you backpack those countries or did you pre-plan it like how, how did you do it so I I had a a backpack with me. I pre-planned everything because it was so many things in a short yeah. um, period of time. But the, what I would plan is where I was staying um, okay. and in the flight and everything else. Um, I would go from there. My, mm-hmm. my my research skills right at the very beginning. I didn't really know what I wanted to see. Um, oh, what I was enough. really that excited by. Um, yeah. more so now I, I'm always into doing the, the prior research and making sure I'm doing what I want to do yeah. um, but back then yeah it was live out that backpack um, enjoy that hostel community talk with people hear their stories um, learn about where they've traveled to which actually helped me shape some of the things that I would do further down the trip or further travels to come yeah yeah, that's key, isn't it? Like that hostile communication with people. Because I, I always felt when we went to Asia that we had a rough plan, but there's always something that pops up like, oh, you should go there. So, oh, okay. 
and you just find yourself like deep detouring around like pretty much different countries all the time because you had a set plan so oh but then that person said to go there so oh but we should go there so it's, like, <laughs> it's never ending right but it's great yeah. because you get so many ideas and places never heard of to go and check out sure sure and what, what was quite interesting for us to do it again um it is like the the hostels are quite cheap so you can probably book not, not even that far in advance if you want to be quite flexible yeah so yeah yeah maybe if i did it again i'd do it differently although i'm starting to think about transitioning out, out of the hostels um <laughs> i think about sleep more and uh, yeah. maybe have a little bit more rest but um I, I have been in one this year so um see how quickly i'm moving away from it <laughs> yeah and i trip this year we've we've tried to stay in hostels believe it or not apart from I would say Nepal right. uh, and maybe Taiwan, actually Taiwan, the rest of them are expensive, like in Europe and, and Middle East. I think we talked about this in the podcast, uh, me and my girlfriend uh, a while back, but it's just expense. Like staying in like Canada, for example, in a hostel is like a hundred dollars in a dorm for a night. Wow. <laughs> hundred Canadian dollars. That is. Yeah. It's absolutely wow. gone crazy. So I was like, hang on a minute. If you want to stay cheaply somewhere, I, I can't travel on a budget to any of these Western countries anymore. This is it this year because you're going to need some serious money. Yeah. And we had a budget and that obviously got us through, but we spent way more than we thought we would. So now I'm like, oh, but that means the only, the only areas of the world left are probably like South to Southeast Asia for like hostels I'm talking about. And also maybe bits of South America, Central America. Sure. Because the, the rest of it is just crazy. Couldn't believe it. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. Um, I've never, never been to Canada before, but um, I have to rethink a strategy if they, they are that expensive. Yeah, Canada and US is interesting, right? Because they have a crappy train network uh, across right. the country. Uh, I think, like, if you were to do East USA, like we have done, like between Boston, New York, train and Washington, DC, there's trains that go in between the two and in advance, not too expensive. But on the whole, if you're going from like New York to LA, oh, you probably would fly right but even that is quite cheap but just staying in hostels just seems to be in the big cities in canada and us just seems to be almost non impossible unless you've got a serious budget so you right. have to like get creative about how to or where to stay and then we're thinking well we're staying at campsites are like 30 dollars a night and that's as cheap as it gets I, I can't think of another way unless you volunteer or do like house sitting I'm like, I don't know, or, okay. couch, or couch surfing maybe. I, I don't know how you can make that cheaper if you want to pay somewhere to stay. It's crazy. So like I was just complaining to Emma, like, oh, let's just go to Southeast Asia and just like stay in a normal hostel for a normal price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's been a bit of a tough one this year. Uh, but Taiwan was a, was a place we stayed in a few hostels and they were great. Um, but yeah, interesting year for budget-wise and hostels. But hostels are great. And how did you find Japan when you went? Oh, I, I thought it was um, a, a different different world. It seemed yeah. like they were so far ahead of us. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I just uh, I, I was able, lucky enough to, to stay with um, my old flatmate who was from Tokyo. We, we had oh, a, okay. a, a nice. really good um, relationship um, yeah. li living, living together. And I, I stayed with his family, um, which was which was awesome. Yeah. Um, they 
one morning they asked me, what do you have for breakfast? And I said, well, it, like, well, they asked me what I have for breakfast in the UK. And I was like, well, we sometimes have like um, bacon sandwiches or yeah. a, full, a full English or um, this or, or, or cereal or porridge or something like that. And um, the, the next morning I woke up and there's a plate there for me because they'd um, gone off to work and there was a slice of, slice of lettuce with a, a bacon um, and a bit of bread next to it. Ah. And uh, I was like, oh, this is really nice. This yeah. is really nice. So, almost like a BLT almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like they weren't together. They were sort of like all sitting separately as if I don't know what you do with it, but here's the item. Oh, okay. Um, okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but this is, they're, so, they're so polite. Um, I, in, in, in Tokyo, um, I remember probably not so... Um, out of this world now, you, you probably see it quite often, but sitting at um, a table at the restaurant and you you order on the screen. And I remember like within 30 seconds, the, the sushi had arrived um, mm -hmm. on a train. Yeah. And, and you're like, what? <laughs> I, I've literally pressed the button like 20, 30 seconds ago and it's already here. I was like, that, <laughs> that, 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 that really blew my mind. I, I couldn't believe that was possible. Yeah, they have those like uh, cake train cafes when we went. Like we just sat down and you pay a fee. I think it's one fee. You just have as much cake as you want, and it comes around oh. a little like like a scale electrics almost, but with cakes on it. Yeah, it's, you just take yeah. as much as you want, and you just leave. But you, you can only have so many cakes because you get like a sugar right uh, rush. But yeah, it's a different world, isn't it? Like all these things, it's crazy. Yeah, and then the. I mean the, the 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 actual trains, the bullet trains going from place to place, and oh, yeah, how dream. on time they are, and the way that they queue, and the the way they give their money with two hands, um, and then they sort of bow. It, it's just so polite and and so nice. Um, but at the same time, um, quite quite a busy place. Yeah, happening. Yeah, a lot going on. Yeah, and and, and I mean, I I was lucky enough to to go to, to Tokyo and um go over to kyoto and osaka and i um yeah they, they they were really um wonderful places but definitely need some more time to to go around and and, and experience the the rest of it yeah japan is always a place that i would always go back to i think it's just so much to enjoy there and you can take your time because there's so much to see, right? There's if you try and rush Japan, I think you're going to be ultra knackered. Um, right. Even even though the bullet trains get you there super fast, I think it can get quite intense there, right? If you've not been there, it's like a busy Asian city before. I think even like Osaka, even though I was quite experienced at that point, Osaka, I was like, what is going on here? There's like trains above, below, or above on street level and beneath. I'm like, there's like three all weaving in and out with each other. I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. what's going on? Um, but yeah, amazing country and definitely up there. Is there any other countries that you travel to before we get to Scotland and your tour company that you'd want to mention? Sure. Um, so I've been to, done, done quite a bit of traveling. Um, went, went to Nepal, um, incredible oh, nice. place. Yeah. Um, couldn't recommend that place enough. Um, then been to parts of South America, so done um, parts of Bolivia. Um, Argentina, yeah. Um, Chile, 
and Peru, yeah. which were which were which were awesome, um, and then quite a lot of Europe. Okay. One uh, one that I would probably mention probably yeah. Bosnia. Loved Bosnia and uh, Portugal. Loved loved Lisbon. Um, inc- incredible places. God, do you know what Bosnia is creeping up, isn't it? It's one of those places that you see now quite a lot on social media, don't you? Like all these like reels and videos and photographs. It looks absolutely incredible. Yeah. The yeah, they've, they've got the diving championships there, I think. Okay. Um, and the Red Bull, I think the Red Bull diving championships on the on the bridge in Mostar. Yeah. And um, that's certainly given some of the, the limelight to it as well. Uh, the okay. Balkan Mountains, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I guess it's like part of that area of Europe. It's, I wouldn't say it's untouched, but it's not quite as hectic as the rest, like Western or Central Europe. But I yeah. imagine it's probably getting busier. Yeah, I, th- I think that's why we went in the first place. We, um, we're doing a road trip. We started in Slovenia, went into um, Italy. Went into, yeah, we went to Italy. Yeah. Um, then down into Croatia, then went down to Split, and we were meant yeah. to be staying in Split for quite a few nights and going over to Pavar. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when we got into Split, I've I've never seen so many people. It must have just been the wrong time of the year to arrive because there were so many tourists, yeah. and it, that's it, not what we were were ready for. And so we we, we had a um, a rental car, so we thought well. What are the other options? We could go down to Dubrovnik, but we assume that that's going to be mm-hmm. similar in terms of busyness. So we just popped into to Bosnia, and I suppose that's what made it so special because it was a off the cuff. Let's go here, and it yeah. worked. What part of the year did you go in? Was it like July, August? No, that was that was the thing. It was like mid, maybe the right at the end of the season, mid September. About this oh, time really? Oh, yeah. Damn. <laughs> I, was yeah. hoping, I was hoping you could say June, July, August, but yeah. Oh well, no, I can I can go and check my back and my tickets and time that we went, but I'm pretty sure that it was um, September. Um, oh, that's a yeah, shame. Yeah, but because I assumed those places would be shoulder season type trips, right? Because like you say, okay, the summer would be heaving with people like you experience, but like oh, September, you think our oh, kids back to school, but then maybe it's still. Yeah decent weather so people still go in september uh, but I, I was going to say like those type of places like you mentioned that road trip i mean you want to do it in good weather but not in a height yeah. of summer so i'm like oh what what is that is that april is it september is it october right right I'm not sure how to avoid the crowds there but it looks incredible yeah i mean maybe when we got into the city center we just caught an influx of people coming on from a, a cruise ship or cruise something ship. like that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it was just the wrong timing on the the wrong day. Um, I I'm not entirely sure on that, but yeah, it was quite busy because around the the port every area, everyone was trying to get um get around, and we were trying to get on the boat to Havar, and there's so much so much queuing and things to 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 do. Um. But nevertheless, even though there was queuing, we did go over to Havan, and I would recommend mm. um, that experience, just going over there, sitting. We were at a bar called Hula Hula, and we just watched <laughs> the sunset. And um, 
it, it was really quite special. Yeah, would highly recommend it if um, people want to go and see it 100%. I just think cruise ship tours are play nightmare, aren't they? I mean, when we, got, <laughs> when we got to Halifax this year, like it's in Canada, Eastern Canada, because um, we're driving, obviously parked up, and then walked down to the waterfront. There's three cruise ships in, like, oh, and it's just heaving with people. Like you say, like people queuing up everywhere to get buses, to get trains, or whatever they're trying to get. It just adds an extra layer of annoyance, really. But I guess yeah. after September, October ish, they would not be there. Um, but yeah, it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. I don't, know, I don't know how you avoid it. <laughs> well, you just get, you're going to have to get, get like a spreadsheet of all of the cruise ships. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, must be some, there must be some formula you can do on Excel where it tells you like days where no one's in. <laughs> Ask ChatGPT. This is a Patreon shout out to Laura from the Swamp Soup Stickers, who has contributed £5 to the podcast on my Patreon. Thank you so much for your support. Really appreciate it. And it helps the podcast to keep going in the future. If you're interested, head to the show notes where you'll find a link to my Patreon. The website address is patreon.com forward slash we're going to travel podcast. For five English pounds, you will receive some trendy stickers from myself and the post, a shout out on each episode, and also my digital travel planner by email. Thank you for your support. I want to quickly touch on, very quickly before we go to Scotland, is Nepal. So where have you been there? So we, we, we flew into um, Kathmandu. Yeah. And... Um, well, it was an experienced landing because the guy waved us off the runway when we were just about to. Because uh, if you actually search in, um, take a bit of a tangent here, but put it into the into Google Melinda Airlines 2007. Um, yeah, so when, uh, I think a plane was trying to take off from the, sorry, 2017, when a plane yeah. was trying to take off the runway, a wheel fell off. Oh, okay. So it got stuck. It, it, it couldn't take off. So it was just sitting on the runway and they couldn't move it. And so when we, when we tried to land, that was uh, an, an interesting experience because we had to come and swoop back around and come back again. Um, <laughs> but finally, finally, we arrived. Um, and the idea was to go and do the, the Mount Everest um, base camp trip, but do yeah. like an extended version of that. Mm-hmm. So we did, um, it was called the, the Three Passes. So from memory, Kongmala Pass, Renjo pass and um, another pass and mm-hmm. on those passes rather than being up the popular path they we, we hardly saw um, maybe, maybe we saw 20 people per day oh, wow. until we got off to the the huts at the yeah. end which which were full of people but it made it that little bit more special mm. um, there was one bit where it was um, Gokio Ri, it was called, a little mountain that you overlook the um, Gokio Lake, which is a beautiful... Yeah, Gokio Lake. Oh, dream. Yeah. You, you've been there? Uh, not Gokio Lakes, no. We, we decided where to go this year, but we chose Langtang, right. but Gokio was on the list. Yeah, yeah. So, so we um, we went up to Gokio Ri to look down on it. Yeah. Um, but that day, there was clouds. So mm. it turns out Nepal was doing Scotland to us, and we couldn't... <laughs> Couldn't couldn't see um, it from the viewpoint, um, but when you were just even standing next to it, you just saw this like 
emerald, like greeny blue, beautiful um, color. Even even in the cloud, it's, it's something that it's really hard to describe. Like looking at a, a crystal or something. Yeah, I think we saw Gilco Lakes on a YouTube actually. I'm like, oh. ah, because we, we've been to Nepal a few years ago, and yeah. we've done like the Annapurna region. I'm like, ah, oh. and other bits of Nepal, like Chip One and stuff like that. We're like, oh, what's next? And we just saw that. It's like, oh, maybe we can do that. Um, but we chose Langtang because Langtang's a bit easier. Uh, maybe our fitness wasn't as as great as it what it could have been. But next time, if I go next time, I'd love to go up to Gokko Lakes. But did you fly to Lukla then? Yeah, we flew. We flew into Lukla. How yeah. was that? Oh, <laughs> no, no, now you're talking. I was talking about the flight before. Oh, well, <laughs> to tell you the truth, James, I don't like flying that much. Okay. okay. Um, and you're getting in and, um, oh, it's all coming back to me. When, when, we, we, when we got into this little, tiny little plane, like one on either side, maybe like maybe 14 rows of seats if you're lucky, mm. about to take off and the guy's texting um yeah. and my mate takes a photo of it and uh we just literally could see the dashboard and everything we could see what was going on um anyway he puts his phone away whilst we take off and uh it was quite bumpy it was really quite bumpy uh yeah. it was it was i think what helped um was just that you could look out the window onto the himalayas and it was just just majestic looking out of them um, it sort of distracted you from where you were trying to land on the side of that cliff, which is only what 400 meters long, which is like yeah. uphill. Um, and then taken off from it, yeah, uh, that was um, that was worse because we were delayed a couple of days because the weather wasn't good enough yeah. to fly back. So there was a lot of pressure building up thinking is this flight going to be okay and it turned out turned out to be to be fine but it's just the what you read and what you you see um gives you this anticipation yeah i think i think emma wouldn't do it really yeah. but really? the problem in the pool is the buses are shit well no not bus well they are but the roads are crap as well so like if you mm. want to do anything in everest area you're like oh we have to get to look there so you have to choose, do you want to do the relatively short flight, but yeah, you're landing uphill or taking off downhill, or do you brave right. like 12, 16 hour bus, wherever it is to get up there? It's a tough one to choose between and are not I, ideal I think, options. Yeah, but... I think um, when when we were there, I, I read somewhere that they had like four by fours. You can... Yes, you can, yeah. Go through the well, quite outrageous roads and drive through rivers um etc it takes a little bit longer to to get to look but that 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 is an option there's three ways yeah there's three ways to do it you get bus like a local bus or Mm. you get a local taxi which is those uh jeeps but you share it with like 12 other people so you're like squished in uh, a little bit cheaper um then the next option which is like your own private jeep but it's one fee. So if you've got like a group of six of you, that's great. You can share the cost. Um, but for us this year, we got a cheap up to Langtang. There's just two of us. And then, yeah, it's quite expensive, isn't it? It's like 100. Well, Langtang was like $140 or something to get to Langtang, which is about a six hour 
seven hour ride but yeah there's right. there's ways of doing it or flying of course look there's obviously the other option um i guess you have to take the chances and just go with what you think is good yeah yeah mental that's a crazy place in the pool but um unbelievable scenery like unrivaled 100 percent. yeah it's like anywhere the mountains anywhere but on drugs you know yeah the mountains are bigger the lakes seem to be bluer the grass is greener um it just there's, there's glaciers there's there's everything really um yeah unreal yeah it's, it's the snow leopard as well in in, in yeah. part of the Malay yeah. is not something that I've viewed, but we we when we were traveling through the Himalayas, we bumped into a chap um who had brought all of his camera gear to follow try and follow the Himalayan wolves. And oh, okay. he, he ended up filming them um we'll get an evidence of it. So he took it back the evidence back to South Africa and they gave him the money to then come back and spend some more time there trying huh. to to make a documentary for them and i remember him putting a a video of part of it on on facebook and um yeah that, that looks super cool oh, it's a dream job that isn't it yeah oh, yeah yeah God. although he was quite um quite the the interesting fellow he <laughs> decided that he was going to try and summit everest without any permit and that- we oh. managed to get to, um, I think it was Camp 3, and yeah. then um, they found him out, and they put him in prison. Oh. <laughs> what? So, yeah. Um, I, I wish he was here to share more of the details. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, I don't think he was in there for a long period of time. Um, but he went through... Um, Probably, what 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 well, would you say deserved it? He was just trying to mm, yeah. the, the, the highest mountain in in, in in the world, but you, we need to make sure that he's got the right safety as well. So he should really be going up with a, a guide. Um, so maybe for him it was good that he never made it up to the top. So he got the opportunity to do this um, this documentary on the wolves. Well, I'm glad I saw the video of it. So. Uh, <laughs> I can't decide. I can't decide what word to describe that action as. <laughs> Very rash. <laughs> yeah, just. Oh yeah, I don't know. It's like stupidity, but bravery, but like trying to mess with the system, but then just unbelievably risky. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, that's an interesting guy. That's the character you want to meet, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Love it. Mm. Love a good story when you're just sitting sitting around. Yeah. In, in the in the little tea houses, someone's got a story for you, and you're like, right, story time, let's listen in. And then that comes out, and you're just like, wow. <laughs> I live quite a boring life, I think. <laughs> I think it's one of the best places in the world for stories, Nepal, when you just go on those treks and go to those tea houses, and you yeah. meet other other backpackers or travellers there, or hikers. Like, yeah, they're, they're usually fairly adventurous, so they've probably got some stories. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, very interesting. Okay, let's delve into Rob Carr Tours and the best bits of Scotland. Um, this is like the second part of the podcast interview because obviously you run tours. So to kick off, sure. um, I'm going to ask you, why Why did you set up a tour company for Scotland? What urged you or caused you to do that? It's, a, it's an in- interesting question. 
Um, and the one that I get asked quite often on, okay. on tours when I'm w- walking around with with my badge here. I don't think I would be asked if I was part of a a, a larger company. Um, mm. But it, it what what happened was I mentioned earlier that I was in uh, the, the mathematics field at university. I graduated. Yeah. Um, I didn't really know what to do, so I just followed what society pushed me towards, which was working in finance. Yeah. And so I worked at the first bank for about two years. Mm-hmm. And I, I liked the people there, really enjoyed the people, but something in my mind it just wasn't for me. So I thought, well, let's let's try a different job. So I, I moved into another bank, but just in a slightly different field. And after about four or five months there, I was getting the same sort of feeling in, in the way that I just I was being technically challenged. However, I didn't really have that exposure to people. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I had a look. I was just scrolling down a rabbit hole one day, and I saw um, Airbnb experience, Airbnb marketing their experiences, and they were putting yeah. £5 million towards it. So I was like, oh, I've never even heard of this. Uh, so I, I clicked onto it, and I was looking through, and I was like, Harry Potter walk and tour history walk and tour and then Arthur seat walk and tour and then lots of other walk and tours to go with that but I was like well I love Harry Potter you know mm-hmm. I'm from like right next to where it'd been filmed yeah and I love nature in terms of going up Arthur's seat I'd do that I would do that anyway um and then the history part I, I was just really excited to learn more of the history because as we talked about right at the beginning when we look in around edinburgh you see all of these this beautiful architecture and how you can relate it to actual history so i was like well why not make a walking tour with all mm-hmm. three together and, and and that's what i did whilst working nine till five um, in the office and, and i would do seven of these a week which were three hours long oh. and it came to a point after four years of working in, a, in in the bank and doing that at the same time, uh, it came to a point where I was able to utilize my Instagram, build up reviews, build up my knowledge and, and experience where I became happy to take the next step, leave the bank and buy myself a nine-seater vehicle. And not only do I do walking tours now, but take people further afield into the highlands, the islands. Um, and yeah, the re- the rest is history. Oh, that's fantastic. The fact that you kicked off like with a bit of an interest in doing something mm-hmm. and realised that maybe yeah, finance is not for you. <laughs> Unbelievable. I get that a lot on this podcast that I interview. Maybe like yeah, maybe slightly older than us, like travellers who are got a history in finance. Like yeah, I had to get out of that, and then they just oh. do travel, and then yeah, you just like done both for a while, and it comes to a point where you where you kick off and do it yourself full-time that's quite a good thing to hear for a lot of people because I think people probably have that same urge as what you had you know working in that job where just something isn't right and I guess a lot of people don't know what that is or yeah. I'm a bit scared to maybe go and find out what that is because it means probably quitting like you say a job that you probably know quite well yeah and I I was in that um position i didn't know whether i would like to to do walking tours i was really far outside of my comfort zone to be honest mm. 
I, I knew a lot about the, the, the Harry Potter, but the history was um, at the beginning, to, to, in my mind, was quite an issue for me because I needed to do some um, severe catching up with, yeah. with, with the history. Um, I, I generally, until I learned a lot of the history, I just based all of my tour on, on, on the Harry Potter. And then if they asked me a question that I didn't know in terms of the history, I would, I would say, well, look, um, I'll, I'll write it down. Um, I, really great question because I want to learn about it as well and I'll I'll get back to you you can learn on on the job if, if you're willing to to take that risk but if, if you don't take that jump and try something new you'll not find out if you like it or not um, absolutely and I think that's the, the the best part of it you've just got to try new things until you you find what you want although it can seem a little bit monotonous trying something and you find it and you don't like it and then trying something else mm. and you don't like it and um but at the end of the day just 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 go for it you know just, just take that leap yeah that's great i think harry potter is one of those things right you probably find a lot of how can i say this nicely nerds mm -hmm. who will know harry potter inside out right and imagine they oh, yeah. would probably try and challenge you with a question oh that, yeah or try and catch you out Oh, James, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, very much so, very much so. I, I had, I'm going to, I'm going to talk really briefly about four people that I've had on the tour, which I found really quite interesting. Yeah. So, um, we've had one person who bought a Nimbus 2001 special edition for 8,000 euros. Okay. We've had someone that was doing their masters in the psychology of Harry Potter characters. That's now right. that, I did get grilled on, uh, <laughs> I, I, I did hit back with uh, all the answers to the questions. I've yeah. had someone that's changed their living room into the Gryffindor common room. Bloody hell. And then just last month, I had someone who had, I think quite a few people have um, Harry Potter tattoos, but the person had the dark mark on their um, wrist. And they, they were, we were at the, if no one knows about this, the, 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 the Thomas Riddle um, grave in, in um, Greyfriars Kirkyard in Edinburgh. He got out his dark mark and he was trying to bring um, Voldemort um, back oh. to life, which was um, quite wow. quite an interesting experience. But yes, <laughs> there's so many fanatics, and everyone comes with um, different um, versions of of that magic, um, and, and I love it in that in that sense. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. Okay, and so my next question was going to be. <clears throat> sorry that you run tours um mm -hmm. what what type of what type of tours you mentioned harry potter is obviously one of those tours um where else do you do tours in scotland yeah so that the harry potter history and arthur's seat tour um is, is one of the ones i do that's just a summer tour now i do the harry potter and just history which is more in the old town of edinburgh and um, digging in deep in, in sort of weaving in and out of inspirations for Harry Potter and also really gruesome history and I've got a new tour um, that there's some old town history but leads you off to Belfield Brewery for beer tasting and um, brewery tour which is which is great but aside from the walking tours I now do anything from one day um, through to nine day and that can be sightseeing in the highlands mm -hmm. that can be a hiking trip in the Highlands, that can be a whiskey trip in the Highlands. Um, I have itineraries, which 
I recommend, but yeah. I'm very um, adjustable to bespoke itineraries. Okay. And they're like a mix of uh, hiking. You're taking your vehicle and taking people out to uh, various parts of Scotland as well. And they could be like food based, drink based. They're, all, they're covering all different types of, uh, I guess, yes. what you call types of travel, really. Yeah. Um, that that's that's correct we we i say we um maybe we in the future um yeah. but yeah um th th that's what um i offer uh at the moment we we look to sort sort of integrate the quite a lot of aspects you know when you have people on on the tour i want to find out what makes that their eyes sparkle what yeah um what is their passion, you know, and it's it's it, it's finding that, and and that could be through conversations before they book, or it could be actually I see that in you right now, but how can we put that into the tour today and maybe do something off the cuff, you know, yeah, yeah. and suggest yeah, yeah. it to them and, and come up with these ideas. So um, I'm very flexible in that sense. But just to add to that. Um, the bespoke tours, obviously, they're, they're private unless yep. you want to propose that to me and um, as a group tour. And then I go there and market for the other people. But um, I do do um, group tours as well. But if I'm going to do that, you have to be in contact with me at least a month before to give me that opportunity to make sure that we can fill the, the minibus. Got it. And are these group tours that you do now, are they people who all know each other or are they sort of combination of, I don't know, you have 12 slots and they fill up before the start date? The, the, the walk-in tours is very much um, they, the slots and everyone doesn't know each other and, and they probably get to know each other um, on the walk-in tour. But in terms of tours outside of Edinburgh, Quite often, they are um, private experiences. Okay, that's cool. And which which bits of Scotland? I know you mentioned the Highlands, obviously Edinburgh. Uh, is there any other specific areas of Scotland that you do tours in as well? So, I really like to head over to the the west coast. Okay. So we 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 weave through southern Highlands. Mm -hmm. We go up in, into Glencoe. We've our way up to Fort William, and, it, and I love to go to the Isle of Skye, yeah, because the um, the landscapes there are breathtaking. There is beautiful bird life out there. I was just out there last week, and we saw some sea eagles. Mm -hmm. And earlier on in the trip, we saw some golden eagles. And oh, wow! Depending on the length of the trip and the time of the year, between April, sorry, May, and uh, end of August, I love to go over to, to Elgol where we pick up a boat that the company being called Bella Jane and they take us on a four hour boat trip. There in the past, seen dolphins, porpoises, minky whale. Um, oh, and then you head over to the Isle of Canna where you see the beautiful cliffs, mm -hmm. like volcanic um, cliffs. And there, during this period, you have 20,000 seabirds that come back to mate and some of them being the Atlantic puffin 
Oh, the puffins. So, okay. Yeah. 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 Incredibly cute. Um, yeah. And um, absolutely um, wonderful and brings a lot of people to that place. But yeah, we see Canna, the Isle of Rum for a shipwreck, and then um, back to Sky. But other places I've done um, are the Isle of Lewis, Isle mm-hmm. of Harris. Um, it's great to get into the Outer Hebrides, which is the, the Outer Western Isles, yes. um, to get into the real. Um, gems where people may, may not think about going, but you really um, should because it is off the beaten path. And then I, I, I do plan in the future to take people up to Orkney and Shetland Islands, um, and we'll be doing some research on those areas in, in, in the future because I know that there is so much history to do with Vikings. Yeah. Um, and also um, pre um, prehistoric, and also like times of the Stonehenge as well yeah, um, yeah. With, the, with the standing stones um so look forward to making that part of the the, the, the next um one of the next trips oh, just makes me want to go now i think yeah scotland as a country is obviously on on my list but i think the outer hebrides is almost number one I think I just cool. uh, I saw um, I don't know if you know the, the YouTuber Liam Brown. He does a lot of walking videos. Um, he done a is it the Outer Hebrides? There's a trail there. He walked through um, the, yeah. the islands. Um, I can't remember what the trail is called. It's the Hebridean Way. Yes, that's it. Yeah, and he I think he has a drone with his when he walks, and some oh. of the some of the sites are just out of this world. Like the beaches are like like some of the best in the world. I think. Yeah, um, it's it's incredible that. You, you say that, isn't it? Not many people know about it. Yeah. But you, you wouldn't come to Scotland for the beaches, but they are no. absolutely yeah. um, stunning. Oh, just look out as well. So I think the west side is obviously quite a big area, but I think now Hebrides is definitely number one. The Orkneys and the Shetlands uh, Islands are definitely a cluster that I would like to see as well. And yeah, I've got a friend who's bought a farm. He's on the it's the NC five hundred, the the road. Oh right, he's, excellent. He's yeah. got an he's got an Airbnb. It looks out onto the coast. I think he. Oh god, I don't know whereabouts he is, um, but he's quite far up north northeast. But he has just started this year with his Airbnb farm, and it's he's had so many people come in to stay with him, and he's got like walking access to a beach and right on the the, the five hundred. So yeah, go and see him as well. So yes. yeah, that, that, that's excellent. You should uh, share the details. Of, yes, um, I'll, I'll send there. you his details. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll okay. share his um, Airbnb and I'll give you his number if you want to connect. Um, cool. But he's basically he bought the land and had one little house on it. So he lived, he's lived in that, and he's just basically done all the. He's like planting trees, and he's got like homegrown food there. He's built a garage, which is, I think, it's converted into two, like. Uh, Airbnb locations where you stay and that's got the view of the sea and you can walk down to his local beach and yes it looks pretty cool incredible incredible and, and I don't know if he's mentioned um seeing has he seen any aurora borealis oh yeah 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 he sent me some photos <laughs> oh, of course yeah. of course I'm yeah. still yet to see them um, really oh, okay. Iceland. I think they're at the moment as far as I'm aware they're a myth <laughs> um, I remember standing next to a guy in Iceland. He had a camera, and I was looking at the sky all night with my parents, and we we never seen anything. And he, and he all of a sudden, went, I've got it. I've seen them. 
and we looked at this camera and it was like oh they apparently they're there but we, we can't really see them but um yeah apparently the I think it's, is it the sun that's in um a really advantageous position right now i think it gets to its peak in 2025 and so that's oh, why okay. right, right now we're seeing a lot more aurora coming along and um, oh. so between now and 2025 if you get yourself to orkney and shetland you, you should have a better chance of seeing that ah that's good to know okay yeah we'll get we, yourself um, up to alaska which whichever well as i'm gonna say we saw him in yukon which is level with alaska we flew up for christmas and got a cabin out uh for a week and that was in minus like 30 degrees so it's like hell cold five hours daylight but we stayed in this cabin and this guy yeah like I say interesting character the same one that you met yeah <laughs> he, uh, he he woke us up at midnight and said they're they're, they're here i was like okay so we drove down to oh. his his frozen lake on the snowmobile and i think so when you said about this guy who's with a camera said I've seen them, I, I think it had to be like available to the eye, not just to the camera. So yeah. we, dro- we drove down to the lake and turned around and they're just all there in green. Like it's, really? it's an unbelievable sight. And for free, didn't book a tour because obviously we just booked the Airbnb and he said, well, I'll let you know if they're about. So we got them for free. That's incredible. And, and what were your initial thoughts, feelings when you um, saw them? Oh, just out of like it's a different world. I, I think it's always something that you see online and you think, ah, oh, like you say, do they exist? Uh, yeah, yeah, they do. And if you're in that northern hemisphere, like that, like quite high up, I think you have to take advantage of that because they're just something incredible. Um, but staying in minus thirty is is tough. You Oof. you can't just nip outside. You have to get ready and get all your layers together. And yeah, it's it's an interesting experience. Wow, wow. I guess the main town up before that might be Goldsby. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, I know I know Goldsby. Yeah. Um, wonderful castle there for anybody yes. who goes up that part of the world. Dunrobin Castle Dunrobin. is like a fairy tale. Absolutely spectacular. Yep, so you drive past that in probably about 10 minutes. It's Brora, so he's just ah, there on the awesome. beach. Pretty much. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that, that's really handy, actually, because that's, what, an hour... Now in 15, 20 minutes from Inverness. So yeah. um quite not I mean it's obviously remote, but um it's not as, as far as you can get away from civilization if you ever do want to return. Yeah. So he's locked out there a little bit. Because he was here in Canada and I think he was just saying that I just need to I mean he's traveled a lot, but he's like, I just want to go and find a plot of land and do some stuff. So his parents, he grew up in Scotland, so his parents were still in Scotland. So they were looking around like across the north, across the west and east, and he, he settled on that one there. And I think he's chose quite well. Oh, good good for him. Okay, so Scotland. Uh, let's just finish on some quick-fire questions about Scotland, actually. These are not the official ones to end the episode, but I just want to get your thoughts. Ah. Uh, what about three places? You probably mentioned these already that people must visit if they go to Scotland. So three must visits. So I'm going to go for um, Gernastri, probably one of the most incredible hikes in Scotland. Okay. Very not not popular just yet, but absolutely incredible. Then I'm going to go for Donata Castle. It's 
a beautiful cliffside um, castle ruin that's really mm-hmm. quite mystical and has a lot of um, history uh, that helped hide the, the Scottish crown jewels from all over Cromwell. So not only have you got um, beauty in terms of the landscape, you've got, you've got a mixture of things there. Then the third one has got to be the, what they call it, Prince Albert's Ken, but people know it more as Scotland's Pyramid. Oh, so, okay. I don't know if you've ever seen this, James, no. but um, there's this, this big pyramid that sits um, on a hill in the, in, in the Cairngorms just out of a forest. And it's on the grounds of the Balmoral Castle, which is the royal holiday home. Yeah. And they have in the grounds, I think it's 11. Don't quote me on that, mind. Um, <laughs> I think there's 11, and you can walk around and see them all. But the the biggest one is the one of Prince Albert, which is just this beautiful um, pyramid, and you get views over um, Loch Nagar. And like, that's a mountain, by the way, not a loch. The loch sits underneath the mountain. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that they would be my three. Wow, I've never even heard of this. Oh, God, why go to Egypt? <laughs> <laughs> wow, what recommendation that is. That's crazy. Wait, wait. On, on Halloween or something, we should have some uh, pharaohs just marching around. Yeah. The, uh... <laughs> Probably get there and you'd think, fair enough. Yeah, I, we actually went to uh, Salem uh, last week, which is just oh. near Boston. And that's where I'll see Salem, the black cat with Sabrina, the teenage witch, if people remember that. And they're, oh, already, right. they're already getting set up for Halloween. But I think we heard some people saying who work and live there that it gets crazy in October because people turn up in their witch costumes and then there's already people there in September dressed like, you know, black hats and all this sort of stuff. It's a crazy place. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've got here next one. Maybe I don't like using this term because it means it won't become it, but maybe like a hidden gem in Scotland that people just don't visit yet. I, you might've mentioned it already, but. Uh, I'm going to go for a, uh, a, 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 another one. Yeah. Um, I think I told myself I wasn't going to share uh, this location, um, but I have the urge today. Um, so on, on the Isle of Lewis, on the, on the west coast, you have this wonderful beach called Uig Sand. Okay. And this is probably one of the most wonderful beaches, untouched, white sand, turquoise water. Um, and it's actually where... And around the late 1800s, they found, I think it was 73 Viking walrus tusk chess pieces. They call them the Uig chessmen. And they remain partly in the British Museum today and also um, partly in the Scotland Museum. But that, for me, is is, is a gem that you, you wouldn't expect to see if you came to visit the Scotland. So Uig is U-I-G. Uig Bay. Right. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Looks incredible. Yeah. There's also oh. a restaurant there that looks out upon the beach. Um, that's not something that I've experienced as a tour because when we get there, we we um, are probably going to head back into Stornoway town. Yeah. But um, it's something that somewhere where I want to try in the future and just look out of that window and probably be one of the most majestic um, viewpoints in, in Scotland. Okay. 
that is amazing. God, some good good locations here that it's adding to my list. That's fantastic. Sure. <laughs> okay. I've got here, apart from your own tour group, of course, what is the best way to see Scotland? Yeah, so um, I think ideally you want to be either renting a car or um, using a camper van. Okay. Depending on the, 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 the way that you travel. Um, so a, a car, you could stop off your car in a, like a, not not a passing place on the road, but where there are like places to park on on the yes. side of the road. You can you can park up, and in Scotland, it's known that you can um, wild camp as long wild as camp. it's not um, private property. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so so that is um, great. Um, we the government gives us the responsibility that we will clean up um, if we do. Um, wild camp and just to stress that just to make sure that everybody is continuing to, to clean up after themselves but then similarly too with your, your camper van you can go into that same slot and just sit there and, and, and go to sleep there might mm-hmm. be some areas where you can um, there might be a little like a little box that says please donate to if you stay here overnight or there might be a charge um, but, but generally there isn't if that's the way you want to, to, to travel. However, those that don't want to rent a car or want to be a little bit more eco-friendly, um, unless you can afford to hire an electric electric car, you mm-hmm. can you, the bus can take you all the way out to oh, the, okay. the Isle of Skye. Um, yeah. you, can, you can go to um, the port on, on the Isle of Skye, Uig, to take a boat across to Lewis. That is possible. Or you can use the the train, I know you asked me for the best way to see it, but just try to make sure that everyone um, there, are, there are a lot of options, a lot of options in the UK uh, but the train is great because you can take a train across like the Glenfin and Viaduct where the, the oh, yeah. flying car went mm. over which is probably a road that you don't want to miss um, so yeah, a, a few options there. Fantastic, okay and how do you cope with the midges in the summer? Oh, yeah, <laughs> in, in the summer, right. Um, <laughs> the best way would probably be to say, right, okay, I'm going to travel on a windy day, a windy and miserable day, because it's oh, okay. less likely to be around. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I would wear socks, long socks, because where there's not very much hair, they love to eat. And oh, if okay. they're really bad, right. I I would wear a mosquito net if if you need to. Um, but if if you're on the move, walking around on hikes, for example, yeah, you 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 shouldn't need them until you sit still. Um, I have had some bad experiences with midges, which one one summer they just so many of them that they bit me until. I was bleeding, you know. Oh. Um, but this summer, I, I I've done a few three day tours, but they were actually in um, May and one in June. But mm-hmm. then my the one after that was actually um, this month, and it's going to be next month. So I've sort of missed the the main midgy season. 
um, in, in the Highlands in the Isle of Skye. I was then going to ask, are they like prevalent in certain parts of Scotland or is it just across the whole board? So you're looking at more remote areas. Yeah. Um, I've drove through Glencoe loads of times and even recently, no, no real sign of midges um, there or someone will probably come and say, no, there has been. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the further north you go, the, the more that you get. Um, and the more humid it gets, the more they come out. So, yeah, the Isle of Skye, they can be quite, they're quite a lot in, in the Hebrides and and probably up where your friend is near Golsby. I, I, I would very much assume there's a good few around there. Mm. Mm. Okay. Just something you've got to cope with, right? Just a thing you've got to do. Yeah. Have okay. you got any techniques or is that going by the book? Um, yeah, we, we're worried about mosquitoes on this road trip. Okay. Um, they can be a bit of a problem in rural parts of Canada, but actually it's not been too bad, if I'm honest. There's been a few, been bitten a few times. Um, but yeah, we just have, okay, based on a, let's say you're doing a camper van trip across Scotland, like we have like mosquito nets that go over the car doors. So okay. uh, if you need a bit of air, air can still come in, but they, they can't get through. Um, but other than that, they they love me. They seem to bite me quite a lot. So I, <laughs> I just wear loose clothing if I can. Or yeah, it's a tough one. I don't really know how to get rid of them. But yeah, they just seem to be a bit, yeah. bit of a problem. But not too bad. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Like if you go to Alaska or Yukon where we went for Christmas, obviously it's cold and so they're, they're not about. But if you went there in summer, they would be heaving. I imagine. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Attempt to use the spray and then see how it goes yeah spray is a good one yeah uh, there's a documentary on what was that on it must have been on amazon prime at the minute i don't know if you've seen this guy who tries to go across the arctic circle uh in canada okay and it's a one and a half hour film of him doing it he obviously films it himself <laughs> if you want to see how wow. bad it can get up there have a look at that film and see what he has to put up with <laughs> Wow, I can't remember the film's name, um, but it's it's it gets the the juice is going for a bit of a you know a bit of adventure, but it's an yeah. extreme adventure, you know. But he does it all by foot and boat because he goes along the waterways, um, like across sort of like the northern part, not too not the furthest north, but like fairly northern part of Canada, uh, which is like the wilderness really. Uh, it's called alone across the arctic so if anyone wants to check out uh right yeah yeah we write that down yep alone across the arctic yeah so that's a midgy mosquito question if you want to check that out you might get an answer <laughs> cool uh okay next one i've got is in your experience a pub in scotland with the best view that you've been to pub in scotland with the best view well Probably a tent. Um. <laughs> fair, fair. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, yeah. I mean, you, you, your tent can be your own pub. Looking out, yeah, on yeah, yeah. One yeah. foot, um, but yeah, I, I think the, the the best pub that I've experienced. Um, I I really like the one called the the Old Inn, um, which is just next to Talisker 
the story. Okay. What I find is that um, I take people to um, drop them off and take the, the task of the story tour. And then um, I have some time to relax and, and I go and sit and look out onto Loch Harport. And um, it's a really, really nice um, view for, from there. Okay, that's cool. Love that. Yeah, and, and to mention that they, yeah, they have all of the Isle of Sky beers there as well. So a nice selection of, of local beers. Local stuff. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. The next, yeah, you sort of gone quite nicely on to the next question is, I've got Scottish food that people should try. Do you do much like food type stuff on your tours? Oh, well, <laughs> now we're talking. Um, yeah. So um, at, at the end of my, my walking tour, the, the Harry Potter history one, we um, either go for a, a deep fried Mars bar at the end, okay, um, which is which is a classic, not like traditional as yeah. such. But, um, came into um, the Scottish world in the in the last thirty years or so. But then we, I can also take them for um, haggis. Okay. Now I, I did write a blog on the the best haggis in in Edinburgh. I've been to around seventeen places now. And okay. For those that don't know what haggis is, it's um, well. Maybe some of you put your, your fingers over your ears, but it's um, <laughs> the sheep's heart, liver, lungs mixed together with oats, suet, and spices wrapped in um, the sheep's intestine. And yep. people often fry this for breakfast, or the traditional way of having it is to boil it for around 40 or 50 minutes and have it with what we call neeps and tatties, so haggis. Neeps and tatties is haggis, turnips and potatoes and you normally have that with a whiskey and mustard sauce oh. so it's that to me um i, I know some great places to, to try it in, in edinburgh so we, we we'd sometimes do that on the tour if um they request to do so and depending on the place and the, depending on their preference we can go and have a scotch egg for example oh love is, a scotch egg it's a favorite love a scotch egg yeah yeah like a um, can here Oh, oh! You just have to make them, James. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> and then um, another great food, which you, there's a place called Whiskey Bar that you're able to couple this up, um, is a dessert, which is called Cranakin, which is um, raspberries, fresh cream, toasted oats, honey, and of course in Scotland, whiskey. Whiskey. Yeah. It's a nice layered dessert. And um, that is a dessert that they, that Scottish people will have traditionally on the 25th of January on Burns Night. They'll have the, the haggis and oh, yeah. tatties, um, and then they will have the cranachan for dessert. And of course, that is just a very fast forwarded version of Burns Night. If you need me to go into that, um, I can, but happily, um, maybe another time. Okay, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Some... Great foods there. Some interesting foods. Yeah, yeah. haggis is... Uh, <laughs> don't think I can do it. But we'll see. You can't? Oh, well, uh, I'll give you a vegetarian version. It's all good. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, I do eat a bit of meat, but just the, when you hear it described, you're like, oh, can I? But then maybe if you just like, don't think about it. Uh, okay, that's cool. It's the right place, James. It's pretty good. <laughs> okay, I'll give it a go. <laughs> I've got here next question. We talked a lot about the 
the rural parts, the the highlands and all that sort of stuff. But aside from Glasgow and Edinburgh, because people know those two places, what are maybe some of uh, a few other towns or cities that people should maybe stay in or check out? Yeah. Um, Stirling is a great city to yeah. check out, although it's only 38,000 people. Yeah. Um, but it played a large part in Scotland's history. Beautiful castle there. You've got the Wallace Monument. You may remember what, uh, William Wallace from Braveheart, you know, mm-hmm. um, the, the, the chapter shouts freedom. Um, and yeah, the, the surroundings are, um, are beautiful mountains. In terms of um, other cities you could go to, um, you've got um, Dundee, or you can go up to um, Aberdeen. And I like Aberdeen because that's a, a, a gateway to go into the, the, the Cairngorms, for example, or going yeah. over to that castle, which I mentioned earlier, like Donata Castle, or up to um, a place called um, Newborough Seal Beach, where on the right there you can see hundreds of seals um, on, on lying there on the beach. So, yeah, there's not too many large places. I've been in the nest, written really good place at the start and beginning. Right of yeah. um, the North Coast 500, mm-hmm. uh, which we mentioned a, a little bit earlier on, and a great place for Outlander fans to go over to places like the Culloden um, Battlefield um, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you actually mentioned the North Coast 500. We haven't really talked about it too much because I just think it's the one thing that people probably know about Scotland, right? But in your opinion, it's obviously worth doing, right? Um, but my biggest worry would be how busy it gets is that a problem do you think yes i think in the um in the summer months what like late june july august um it's probably going to be quite busy you you do have a lot of campers on there and some of it is a single track road so it can be harder to navigate uh around those roads but um it is a really wonderful um, 518-mile journey, whether it's on that Easter part where you're at Goldsby Tech checking out that Dunrobin Castle, mm-hmm. yeah. or you're going further up north to um, Duncan's Behead Stacks, really nice sea stacks, or it's the, the cool beaches that you'll see at the very north, or there's a really nice cave. You know, there's, 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 there's lots of things to do. Um, just when you're going around that, the, the only real city um, or reasonably sized town that you'll see is Inverness and yeah. also Ullapool. So if you're used to civilization, then maybe <laughs> hold your horses, maybe just go to go there for day trips. Um, yeah, other than that, uh, it, it's, quite, it's quite spectacular. Yeah, it's a t- tough one, right? Because I'm thinking I don't want to be with the hordes, but then the, the weather comes into play, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, God, oh, could I do it in May or September? But am I risking bad May, weather? May, May, you're fine, I think. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Early May before mid season as well. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, the, the days are starting to get longer. The weather's starting to get better and yeah. um, not, not too. Um, I'm judging this because when I went over to Sky in early May, we were able to get seats at restaurants. Uh, okay. Sky, that is never a thing. 
Oh, okay. Um, it's so difficult to to travel to Sky and have a restaurant without reservation. Okay, very good, very good to know. Got it. So May is probably a good time. Got it. Okay. Uh, I've got here any Scottish words or slang that you might hear uh, that might be quite interesting. Oh, I, I know not Scottish, but have you heard any on your? Oh, yeah. that are funny. Of course, of course. Um, I was I was once on uh, a boat trip, and, and the guy was trying to speak to um, a, a traveller, and the traveller had no idea what he was saying. Um, but he was he was saying at the beginning that uh, the weather was really nice, but at the end it got pretty bleak. Um, bleak meaning um, long-lasting, miserable weather. Um, <laughs> okay. And uh, the, the person looked at him extremely blankly, which I found quite amusing because I knew what it meant. But yeah, um, yeah, that's that's a that's a good one. Um, this one might be more like I, I think I've heard this from where I'm from, so it might be a mixture of the two areas. But I love the phrase "shy bands getting out," which is like never heard shy of children get nothing. Okay, you know? right. Um, bands being meaning meaning children. Yeah, and um, one more. Um, is herkle burkle. Um, and that's when you can't get out of bed. As much as you try, you're just sort of floundering there and um, <laughs> yeah, you're herkle dirkling. Um, you just don't want the day to start. You'll just rather scroll on your phone or go back to sleep. Okay. Interesting ones. I've never heard of any of those. So they're new for me. Yeah. <laughs> I've got here. Uh, I think I will come to this in the quickfire travel questions at the end, but we'll touch on these two because we're in Scotland. You're looking to go to Orkney and Shetland Islands to do a bit of research. Again, these yeah. are on my list of places to go. They look incredible, right? Uh, I think Orkney's been in news because they're trying to claim to be Norwegian now and don't want to be Scottish. Um, right. But yeah, they've got that Viking heritage, right? And they're quite far north, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I think Orkney is a lot more accessible than the Shetland Islands because you can go the north go on the north coast 500 road um up to um john o'groats mm-hmm. and from there or, or near there you can get a boat across to orkney um, which doesn't take very long at all so if you want to go to shetland um some um cruisers go from inverness or or aberdeen or you maybe want to get a, get a flight but th- those cruisers can be overnight ferries you know yeah um but yes, very, very remote, um, very windy, but um, incredible, um, especially the, the sea cliff. Uh, go on a boat trip there, it's quite popular to see orcas right, yep. right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if that's increased over time, but I, I'm just seeing the photos everywhere. Maybe that's just the Instagram um, algorithm getting to me. <laughs> I like orcas. Um, but yeah, it, it, tr- tremendous place, but come, come prepared for the wind. I was listening to Billy, Billy Conley earlier on talking about the wind and how yeah. the, <laughs> the families on Orkney, the parents, they have to tie a, a string to um, their children because the children are like <laughs> flying away in the wind and they have to try and t- tie the, the, the rope to the lamppost and sort of pull them back down to come to the shop, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like incredible images on online of like beaches and stuff up there, right? Especially Orkney, yeah. I think I've probably seen more, but just looks incredible. Yeah, and not not only do you have one island, it's like multiple. Yeah, you know, so you get mm-hmm. you get a variety of of things. 
Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. And any remaining comments, or maybe you should ask, you know, why why should you visit Scotland? Like maybe a few sentences. Wow. Um, so why should you why should you visit Scotland? I think Scotland um, is quite quite special. You know, not mm -hmm. only do you have um, nature, we we have this wonderful bird life, wonderful mountains. We have lovely um, deer, osprey, um, but we have this really rich history to go with it, and the storytelling that goes with it. Even even the folklore, you know, the the fairies. The, the the giants, the kelpies, um, it is. If you indulge in Scotland properly, you'll sort of in, in, invest into this mystical, magical place that, um, to me and to a lot of people, are sort of enchanted by, and um, and people, the people of Scotland, make um, Scotland too friendly um jolly and mm -hmm. willing to have fun with you um as well drinking whiskies and wine and beer you know yeah, yeah also, i think that summarizes that also they're always rated aren't they in the top countries to visit um yeah like for, for like scenery or just for like i think it's always like you know scotland norway canada uh, New Zealand, they're always up there, those type of countries, because yeah, it just I, looks magical. David Attenborough even um, quoted the Highlands of Scotland as, as, as one of, or if not his favourite um, place to come, mm -hmm. which is for David Attenborough to say that, that is quite a uh, yeah. special um, thing to for us to say, um, living here. Yeah, also I we haven't mentioned the Boffies I think that's a ah, popular activity, yeah. right? To go and hike and stay in those free little accommodations or you can donate, I think. Uh, they're dotted around Scotland as well, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They are. There's um, quite a few of them. And um, a really amazing one, which you might want to write down, is Eagle's Nest on um, Eye of Lewis. Okay. It's, it's, it's tremendous. I think you've got to contact um, a person who um, sort of, looks after it yeah uh, and you, you you're recommended to donate but i don't think you have to but it's um really really incredible little um bothy or you can lots of them in one glencoe there's i think it's three or four on um out of sky and, and uh, i think there's an abandoned an old bus that's turned into a bothy on isle of lewis as well <laughs> it's, it's, it's at the bottom of lewis it'll be on the isle of harris yeah. So you've got these wonderfully creative little safe houses, you know, a place to for shelter, a place to normally you can have a fire. Don't always have a toilet though. Um, just for those that um are worried about that. You have to if you plan in your bossy plan beforehand, um because you may have to dig a hole. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. We we expect we experienced that in Oman this year because you can wild camp, right. but they have no facilities. Um, right. So obviously, wild camp, you, you just park anywhere, right? But you do have to dig a hole and, <laughs> yeah, be quite earthy with it. Yeah, um, it goes a bit properly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those those boffies look incredible, and that's that's like a trip in itself. You could probably just like 
walk or hike to an area with different ones. It isn't the rule that if you're staying there, you've got to let people in, right? It's a very communal, you know, it's not like I'm here first, no one else comes in here. Like you're supposed to let people come in and shower. Yeah, that's um, that's right. It, de- it does, does depend on whether they're, like the one I mentioned, the Eagle's Nest, it is a sort of a community held one. Yeah. Um, or the one in Glencoe, I think it might be owned by the, the Mountaineering Society or, or something. Um, like that but if it's one of the completely free ones to go to yes you should invite them inside but at the same time when when you're traveling do note that some people might have got there before you and there might not be a place for you to sleep so it's good to have another option of a tent or 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 to have that well if you go to a camper van you're not probably going to not go to a bothy but um Yeah. yeah yeah just make sure you come prepared Okay, that's great. And we're going to just finish the episode with some contacts for you. So if people want to contact you for a tour or just a walking tour, could be a one in the Highlands, whatever, what is your website and how can people access you and get in contact? So my website is um, www.robcartours.co.uk and if you want to book i have a booking system for the walking tours on there if my times on there don't suit you and you'd like a highlands tour as well you can contact me on um, robcartours at gmail.com or come and give me a message on instagram where you'll also see um, a lot of uh, scotland inspiration to help you out on creating your tour itinerary yes i love your content on social media it gets me going for scotland so that is rob car tours on instagram that's right at rob car tours yeah do you have any other social media i have tiktok oh, um, okay. i do use it a little bit less i am also on facebook and they're all at rob car tours they should all be linked to together fantastic okay and quickly want to mention or ask about your blogs yes so my blogs at the moment, they're, they're not released daily, weekly, fortnightly. Um, I uh, hope to one day to make them more of a routine of yeah. um, getting them out at a certain period of time, but they're a little bit off the cuff and that you don't have to subscribe to them. You just, if you would like to access them, um, go on to my website, which we touched, touched on before, and there um, you can go on to um my blog section and i have i think five or six there some of them cover the best hikes in scotland the top 10 that so far for me and we have the the haggis blog you also have one day in edinburgh and um and some more i can't think of them off the top of my head but hopefully they'll be really useful as it's my passion to try and help guide you to the best experience of scotland that you can have and Fantastic. And I'll put the links for all the websites and blogs and stuff in the show notes so people can click on them. And thanks, Rob, for sharing that. We're going to finish the podcast with some quick fire travel questions. These are normally made up and asking about all your travels across the world. Can be Scotland, cannot be Scotland. It's entirely up to you. So I'm going to kick off. Uh, It's not really a a favourite one. It's more about Hey yeah, 
Just a quick one. I just want to say there are many ways to support this podcast. You can buy me a coffee and help support the podcast with $5. Or you can go to my merch store with the affiliate link with TeePublic, where there's plenty of merch available to buy, such as t-shirts, jumpers, hoodies, and also some children's clothing. Thirdly, which is free, you can also rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podchaser, or Good Pods. Also, you can find me on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. Simply just search for Winging It Travel Podcast and you'll find me displaying all my social media content for traveling, podcast, and other stuff. Thank you. It's travel question time. How many countries have you traveled to to date? I think I've been to 48. Okay. And of those 48, you can't include, I'm going to have to exclude UK because you live in England slash Scotland. So three favorite countries that you travel to out of those 48. I'm going to go for Bolivia, Nepal, and Japan. Oh, you got two of my three there. Oh, oh have I? Wow. Yeah. Which ones? I, I normally put in Japan and Bolivia. Oh. Yeah, yeah we, oh. We, we're not in touch, Bolivia. Criminal. Yeah. <laughs> great, great minds think alike. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Bolivia is a <laughs> sensational country. Yeah. Okay. What about three countries that you've not traveled to that are next on your hit list? I would love to try South Africa. Yeah. And my mind right now is getting drawn to Greenland. Oh, okay. Yeah. I would love to see the the glaciers, um, the the wildlife there. I think it'll be something that I've not seen in my life. It's something completely new. Yeah, that's crazy. I'm, I'm meeting a couple tomorrow who I know for the podcast. They've just been to Greenland last, I think, two weeks ago. So uh, I'll get some details for you. <laughs> yeah, I think, I have I think to he, listen. he works for a travel company, and they obviously he works for them, but he gets to go on their their trips. And I think one of those was Greenland. So uh, yeah, I'm keen to hear more. And a third place, I'm going to go Canada. Actually, oh yeah, yeah, I think you'd love it. I think that the the west coast in the in the mountains um, do look very much what I'm into. Love hiking, love blue and reflective lakes. I'm in. <laughs> yeah, we did live there. Just not years. expensive hostels. No, 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 no. <laughs> Have you heard of a group of islands called Haida Gwaii? That is on the west coast. That is a place that I've not been to. That we just haven't been to because it's quite far up. Um, despite living there, but that is a place that you must go to. I think. Haida, Haida Gwaii. Interesting. They have two islands, right? So I think the North Island is where people live and you get a boat across. And you can drive on there actually a little bit. But the Southern Island, you can only get a boat there or or kayak across. Um, it's like a wilderness there and, you know, forests and stuff and do some trails. So I think that's pretty out there if you want to do some stuff like that. Sounds good. Sounds good. Okay, Doke. Let's go with one country that you'd like to live in that you've never lived in before. I think I would go with Switzerland. Okay. Yeah, it seems um, incredible in terms yeah. of the, the nature there. And when I was there, I felt incredibly safe. Yeah, I think that's one of the safest countries we've been to actually this year. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. And what about three favourite international cuisines that you've tasted on your travels? 
I remember coming back from Malaysia thinking the food that I had there, I'm not sure what I ate, but it was incredible. Um, Japan was awesome. And we'll go for um, Spain. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I think my girlfriend would be unhappy if I didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What about three favorite beaches? Because I reckon you've seen quite a lot. Beaches. Yeah. Am I allowed to see the ones in the UK or not? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Well, that that Uig Sands. Yeah. Um, I would go for Luskantaya. Can I think of one outside of the UK? We went to Aruba, but I can't. Um, oh, nice. I, I can't remember the name of the actual beach, but I don't think it was a very big place. So, um, yeah, that was really beautiful. Aruba, nice. Okay. And let's go with, is, has there been a country that you traveled to that you didn't like or maybe a more specific place that you didn't like? Didn't like would probably might be quite harsh, but when I went to um, Budapest, I think a lot of people from um, work and also a lot of people that I knew had been and mm-hmm. they hyped it up really highly. So I think I had a really high expectation of the yeah. place um but i didn't quite see it in the light that they did ah very interesting okay um talking of cities then what about three favorite cities that you've been in um Mostar, uh, lisbon and probably singapore city yeah yeah classic okay yeah. What about for me a favorite walking trail or a hiking trail that you've done? Has to be um, the Hardecombe in Switzerland that runs 22 kilometers from one side of Lake Rienzi to the other. So it's, it's called the Hardegrad. The, the the end of it is called the Hardecombe, and oh, it okay. is quite a a, a dangerous um, hike. It's, it's a, a ridge walk. Um, but that was incredible. We saw Ibex there, and right at the end, we were able to see the beautiful blue lake. But for the rest of the journey, we actually were above the clouds, and the oh. ridge was just sitting above the clouds. So it was like you were sitting on top of heaven. <laughs> wow. Okay. And I'll probably go back to do that again because to just see it with the blue lake all the way yeah. through instead, uh, it, it was it was pretty outrageous. But you have to have a head for heights because that ridge you get like there's a wire at one point where you have to sort of pull yourself along it and if you fall um then you will probably you be needing your repatriation um, <laughs> <experience>. <laughs> okay okay that, that is outrageous yeah i love that hike okay and do you drink coffee i don't okay i'll switch it up let's go with uh, if you had to drink a beer in the city anywhere in the world and watch the world go by, where are you going to drink it? Probably Tokyo. Oh, yeah. Busy. So much going on. Shibuya, in fact. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Watching that crossing. Yeah, yeah. Sitting beside Hajiku, living the dream. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Penultimate question is going to be, if you could pick one view... And the, that's the only view you're going to see for the rest of time. What view is that going to be? O- Oceanensi. 
Bushnensee. I probably butcher in the name. I do apologize to the Swiss people. Um, okay. The, 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 the lake of Oceanen, I think, something like that. Um, but yeah, I could sit there all day. I've been twice and I would love to go back. Awesome. Okay. And the final question is a few sentences as to why someone should travel in general. Why should they take the leap, get out of their finance job and go and see the world? Yeah, it does. It definitely does broaden your um, horizons. You get to see magical places whilst meeting um, incredible people. Some people say, well, if you're going to travel even by yourself, you're alone. But really, you're, you're never alone. You meet so many people along that journey and you become more comfortable with being with yourself anyway. And that's what makes it um, so special. Okay, that's a great way to finish the episode. So Rob Carr, thanks for coming on. You've really got the Scotland juices flowing here, I think. And I love seeing your social media content because it kind of helps as well. And thanks for sharing us your stories, your tours, and also your travel history. Thank you very much, James. It's been a, an honour to be on. And we'll get those links out there for people to get in contact with you to do some tours. And any Harry Potter fans? Well, they're in Dreamland, right? You do tours for that as well. So hopefully we'll cover all bases. Exactly. Be a magical experience. <laughs> yeah. yeah Thanks thank so much. <laughs> yes, all of us. Thank you for listening to my Winging It Travel podcast episode today. You can find me on Instagram at James Hammond Travel or Winging It Travel podcast. You can search for both. I release weekly clips of this podcast episode as well as photos from the last eight to ten years of my travels. You can also follow me on TikTok, Facebook and Pinterest by searching Winging It Travel podcast. I do release daily content to do with travel and the podcast throughout the week. Also check out my website, jameshammond.org. There's content about myself, my travels, and there's also a newsletter sign up as well as a contact form. Finally, please rate and review the podcast on Podchaser. This is my platform of choice. Alternatively, you can rate this on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts from. This really helps the podcast gain a bit of traction for the future in terms of guests and content. And I'm glad to see that you guys are listening out there, reviewing it and enjoying the content so far. Stay safe, stay humble, keep listening, keep traveling, and I'll catch you soon. Cheers, James.